Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Change Your Thinking, Change Your Life podcast. I am your host, Michelle Burkhard. Welcome, welcome, welcome. All right. If you are a new listener, and we get new listeners every day, a couple things you need to know. We are in a series. We're calling it Fear to Faith. Two days ago, we did an intro to the series. Yesterday, we did the first fear. Today is the second. So you may want to go back. Don't have to. These are all kind of standalone, so it makes perfect sense if you just start here. It's totally up to you. Uh, okay, so we're doing this series because, well, because of a lot of reasons, but this is something that is very uh, forefront in my mind lately. Um, as I am doing my own inner work, I'm realizing Uh, These seven fears that we're talking about, everything comes back to one of those. So any issue, problem, challenge, resistance, negative thought, whatever, however you want to label it, it all comes back to one of these fears. And that's good because that gives us the opportunity to go, aha, that's something I can work on. And then when we attach it to the faith statement, we understand, ah, okay, uh, you know, this makes perfect sense. And so it kind of gives us a guideline into our life um, and also the the habits and patterns that kind of show up for us, okay? So the one that we're going to talk about today, I will be honest with you, I'm going to share some things that are um, more of a personal nature. I have no issue sharing them. Uh, Some people may or or may not choose to believe this. Uh, They are based on my own experiences. Uh, or experiences I've had with clients. So I'm just going to share these things and you get to decide as always what it is that you think about this and how it affects you. So the second fear that we're talking about is the fear of death and the dying process. Now, there is a lot of fear here and uh, most people don't realize that they make a lot of decisions based on this fear. For example, you know, when people are talking about, oh my gosh, this, um, this job is sucking the life out of me, but I don't know where I'm going to find another job that has everything to do with safety, security, and success, but also a fear of death and dying. So they fear that the current job is going to kill them. They also fear they won't be able to find somewhere else. So I won't be able to get my needs met and I'm going to die. Now, They might not be consciously aware that that's the case, but that's what's kind of happening under the surface. Give you a great example. If you're five minutes late for work and, oh no, you were five minutes late last week. Now you're going to get written up. Your boss is going to be mad at you. Uh, You know, maybe there's a policy that you can only be be written up so much. And so you're going to lose your job. What are you going to do if you can't pay your rent? Where are you going to be living? And before you know it, you're homeless under a bridge somewhere, Right. So your, your brain is taking you on this, this visualization journey to the worst case scenario, which includes the death and dying process. So in reality, in the moment, you're only five minutes late for work. But by the time you get to work five minutes late, your brain has taken you into the future where you're dying. So how do you think that's going to affect your work? Right? It's also a great example of, of the visualization process and 
you know, how that helps or hinders. Okay. So there's a lot of fear related to this. This shows up in our life and I get it. I've had that as well. Absolutely. You know, still sometimes, you know, as I'm making decisions, I'm like, okay, um, if I say no to this contract at work, because there's some contracts I'm just not renewing now because I know I'm supposed to go into the future and do other things. So if I say no to that contract, am I going to be able to pay my bills? Am I going to be able to be successful? Am I going to be able to do the things I need and want to do? And in reality, the underlying thing is like, is this going to cause an early death because you don't have your needs met? Okay. So I'm going to tell you about an experience. So the first, first one though, I will say, um, you can go back and listen to the full experience on July 10th, our, our episode from that. So a few days ago this week, uh, I shared the example of my daughter, Ellie, who just turned 13th and 10th and the, uh, experience I had when I died with her during birth, I was clinically dead for three minutes. Uh, I shared the whole experience, um, the experience of, of meeting my mom and one of the, the, the children that I lost and that connection and kind of some spiritual lessons that came up for me. So definitely go back and, and listen to that. But as promised, cause I've had a lot of people ask me about this. Uh, I also had a second experience. So, uh, long story short, after that one, when I finally got up to my room, um, I had a medication, uh, allergic reaction that nobody knew about. Uh, we didn't, we didn't know I was allergic to morphine at that time. Um, and I died again. And this time it was a little over four minutes. Um, and they did bring me back. I'm still here. I have no intention of leaving again. Uh, but it was a very different experience during that second time. So the first time I got to see my mom and this baby and, uh, have that, that awareness of like, oh, they're, they never leave us. They're always here and they keep their personalities, but yet with unconditional love, they're like the, the best version of themselves on the other side. So the second experience, um, all right, I'm just going to tell you the whole thing. You get to decide what you want to do with this. So the second experience, uh, it was like, I, I came into this really, really big room. Okay. I don't know how to describe it, but the room didn't have walls or anything. Um, I'm seeing it in my mind and I'm trying to describe it to you, but there's a lot of things that I just cannot describe to you. So we're in this big room and, uh, I can tell that the room is filled with like thousands or, or, uh, millions of people, but they're not people with bodies. They're like energies. They're like, balls of light and they're all different colors and some are brighter than others. Some are bigger than others. And the whole room is filled with all of these, um, different energies. And the, the feelings that I had were complete peace. And also, uh, I don't know how to describe it other than complete knowing if that makes sense. Like I didn't have to question anything. I just kind of knew I was supposed to be there kind of knew what was happening, but kind of didn't. Um, again, I know th this is probably hard to understand. So here we are, we're, we've got all of these different energies and in the middle of this room, there is a very, um, tall, and I'm talking like, I don't know, 60, 70 feet tall silver cylinder. Okay. And it's very wide and it's got a door in it. 
and uh, all of the energies are surrounding this silver cylinder. And um, every now and then a new energy would kind of arrive and everybody, um, all the other energy balls would, you know, get really excited and, and light up and woohoo, you know, there was a sound that they made. Um, and then I, I noticed that in the column, there was a door and the door opened and one of the energies came out and it was really big and bright. And all of the other energies were like cheering and applauding and like, yay, woohoo. And this happened over and over and over again. So it was just this like big, huge party, if you will. Uh, so people arriving and, and people coming in and out the door. And, and then there came a time when... Uh, I don't know how long that happened because uh, time really, time stood still. I guess that's the best way to describe it. Uh, and I know that clinically, you can look at my medical records, you can see the doctors say that I was clinically dead for four minutes. Okay, that that's four minutes here on earth. But in the spirit world where I was, where this was happening, it was taking a long time, okay? And no time at all. So there came a point where I knew it was my time to, to step up. So the door opened and I just knew, okay, it's my turn. Um, and I, I went into this, uh, this door. Now, several things all happened at once. As soon as I came into the door, I had more of a form. So I, I ceased to be just an energy ball and it was more of a form, but I can't necessarily say it was like a full human body. It was just more of a form. Okay. Um, and then, uh, there was this big TV screen and there were, you know, a couple angels and there was a couple other forms that were there. Um, and I had complete peace about all of this. And basically what happened was, um, I was given what some people call a life review. So I experienced from the moment of conception uh, all the way up until that present moment, every moment of my life. It was amazing. And also one of the things that, and I haven't really told a lot of people this, but there was no judgment. There was no blaming or shaming for any of it. It was not like, oh, you could have done better. Oh, you could have done this. You could have done that. But there was this notion that there were certain times, and it, I don't think it was every time, but certain times that um, I felt heavy, dense, not good feelings. Uh, and I realized that it wasn't when I was feeling that during my life review it was when someone else that I was with was feeling that. So maybe I said something not thinking about what I said and that person felt bad. Or I made a decision and another person felt bad. Um, or I did something, you know, typically unknowingly and another person felt bad. And then there were times when I, um, I, I noticed that they were like critical times in my life, life time, if you would, um, that I made a decision and it was not the wrong decision because I was told I could have gone any way, but there were other paths that I could have chosen that were more conducive 
And so when I would make the, the choice that was less conducive, there was a different feeling that I would get. And so I'm going through all, all of this. And then they, the, the people I was with were saying, you know, what have you learned up until this point? And so I, you know, shared with them several things and they're like, yes, you're right on target. You're meeting all of the, the um, in teacher language, the, the curriculum goals that you need to meet. You're right on target. And I said, well, what about, you know, what's happening right now? Am I dying? Like, am I done? And they said, no, we're going to send you back. But we wanted to, to show you this is what's going to happen when you eventually are done with this lifetime. And I said, okay. And so they, they told me several things about this um, fear of death and dying and, and part of what's going to happen in my future, uh, which was amazing, by the way. Um, and then they said, uh, we want to show you what happened before you came into this lifetime. I said, okay, show me whatever you want to show me at this point. So they showed me another TV screen and literally it was me kind of in the same form, uh, in a, in the same room, of course it's on the TV and watching it. And they showed me, um, basically going through what I call the cosmic drive-through, right? Saying, okay, I'm going to order up this new lifetime. And so, you know, I had all of these options and they were like, okay, uh, you know, what gender would you like to be? Um, uh, what, uh, you know, would you like to be married? Would you like to, uh, what, what skills would you like? Um, what problems and challenges would you, you like as kind of options on the menu? Right. So like you could choose, for example, here's your 20 problems you're going to have in life. Doesn't mean you're going to have them all. Um, but they're options. They're things that might pop up. Um, uh, you know, how many siblings do you want? Which parents do you want? Where do you want to live? Every detail of my life was ordered up. I cannot tell you the sheer pleasure, joy, and peace that brought me. And I remember looking at the, the, you know, people that were with me and just thinking, wow, that's what we do. And they said, yes, that's what you do at the end of every life. You, you, you have a review, uh, you, you go over what your lessons were, how you learn them, and then you order up a new reality. You say, okay, this is, this is now what I want to try. Um, and you have full choice control over all of this. Um, now you, you can say, Hey, I want to be, uh, born into this family. And whether you continue on with your full life or not, you, you might not have that choice, right? You know, so say for example, you, you, one of the issues or challenges that you're dealing with that you have on your menu, uh, is, um, a car accident and you get in the car accident and it's one possibility for you to die. And you're a two-year-old, you die in a car accident and you're like, oh, I didn't fulfill my life plan. No, you did. That was one option out of many. So you have the freedom, choice, and control. You have determined everything about your life up until this point, And you continue to have free will, which I know is a paradox, but all of that is true. Okay. All right, so here I've come into this big room. I've I've gone into the cylinder. I've done my life review. They've shown me what happened before this lifetime. Um, and then I was like, okay, so what's next? And they said, we're going to send you back. 
okay, great. Send me back. So I, um, uh, you know, came out the door like everybody else. And of course I, it was, you know, everybody celebrated. Woohoo! She came out the door, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, at that time it just made me laugh. Uh, and then they put me in, I can't explain this, but like a tube, uh, if you will. And I came right back to my body. Now the tubes that people were arriving and leaving, um, they had a certain look to them. It was almost like uh, you're going through space where stars and, and galaxies and all that kind of stuff are. Um, it had that look to it. I kid you not. I kid you not. I had not told anybody about this and probably not in this much detail in a while. Honestly, maybe one or two people just because part of me, and this is working on my own fear, Part of me feels like somebody's going to look at me and go, I'm crazy, but I'm just telling you what happened. My youngest daughter, when she was 10, she painted this picture and I'm looking at it right now because it's on my wall. As soon as I saw it, I was like, um, tell me about this picture. Why, why did you paint this? And she said out of the blue, and I don't even know if she remembers this or not. She said, this is, this is how we all get here. And I was like, what do you mean? And she said, this is how we all get here. When we come from God, we, we follow these tubes, we come down. And, and she went on to explain and I was just like, oh my gosh, <laughs> I, I don't even have words for that. But every time I look at that picture, I'm like, it's not just me. How in the world would she know that? Cause I had never told anybody that up until that point. So there you go. There's that. All right. So couple things that I learned from this. First of all, I have a greater sense of peace about life in general than I've ever had in the, in the past. Uh, the worries that I had before, I do not have now. I do not fear death and dying one bit because I know what it's like and I'm good with it. Uh, it's also changed some things. You know, I realize um, based on the first and the second experience that I have choice about when to go. Um, if, if let's say there's a, you know, think of the worst case death scenario. Usually it's like burning up in a fire or drowning or being shot, you know, whatever, whatever your worst case death scenario is. I know that everybody, not just me, but everybody has a choice of when to go. So if you decide in that moment, yeah, I'm done with this. You can literally just go. You don't have to put up with that. Okay. And there's a lot of things that don't matter in life that we put a lot of emphasis on. Um, it just doesn't matter. Um, because in essence, we can't do anything wrong. And the one thing that I um, have been very, very cognizant about is helping spread love, peace, and joy. This is so important to me because I know when I do that life review, I want to feel those feelings. I don't want to feel the feelings of someone else being depressed and angry and frustrated. Now, will I? I, might, I probably will because, you know, we are humans and we're doing the best we can, right? But if I'm intending and I'm setting my mind to it, I'm making it a goal to spread love, joy, and peace. I'm really hopeful to be, uh, you know, my, my second, I don't know, whatever life review that, that I'm going to have those feelings. Now, this has also helped me to help certain clients. Um, there's a few things. Number one, um, I often have sessions where I'm helping someone at the end of life. 
Um, so there's some energetic things that I can do, uh, usually to help with any fear that they might have. Uh, usually forgiveness is a really big point because I, what I've learned throughout all of that too, is your level of forgiveness here in this life affects your next one. Okay. So forgiveness is way more than just something I teach about. Forgiveness is everything. If I could only choose one thing to teach about for the rest of my life, that would be it. Okay. So when I'm working on end of life, it's usually about fear or forgiveness. Usually there's some things that um, have been left unsaid with their, their loved ones. Or like one guy, he was just hanging on for a long time. And basically he had some insurance papers that his wife needed to know that she didn't know about. And I was like, okay, there you go. And once, once I said that, he was gone in 10 minutes. Um, so that has been really helpful. Another thing that I can help with is, um, crossing over. So for example, there are some, uh, energetic spirits that, uh, have gotten kind of lost in the mix, if you will. They've gotten, uh, a little bit confused. Uh, in particular, I've noticed a certain age group, males between the ages of 16 and like 27, um, especially if they are doing dumb things. So if they, uh, get into car accidents, drugs, alcohol, um, doing stunts and something happens, right? They get very confused. They, it's almost like they feel like they're not supposed to be dead. They don't know that they're dead. And so, um, I have an angel that I work with that actually helps this population, uh, of, of spirits to uh, cross over. So I've been able to help with that. Um, communicating with dead loved ones. I know that that sounds woo woo and wonky and weird. And I get it. If you don't want to follow this podcast anymore, I totally understand, but it is a thing. And no, I was not able to do any of this stuff before I died. Okay. So, um, our, our loved ones are here in, in their energy and their spirit form, whether their body is or not. I guarantee you that if I have more time at some later date, or if you really want to talk about that, reach out to me because, um, I do have a lot of clients who having a conversation with a dead loved one has given them a tremendous amount of peace. And sometimes their loved ones come and say, stop talking to me and get on with your life. That's good too. So death is really just a transition, a transformation because our true essence actually never dies. Okay we just get to come to this life and be in human form. This human form is just a passing thing. Our true essence is our spirit form. Okay. So another thing that, that has popped up in my work with people, there's a, a certain, um, uh, psyche balance that we can do. It's called the life bonding balance. And basically it, it's a meditative process and it helps you go through and kind of, uh, you know, process, Basically what it does at the very end is it helps you to have this near death experience without actually dying. Okay. Very helpful. Also, nobody told me when we were doing, doing our training that if you have actually had one of these experiences, this balance won't work for you. I thought I was broken. I'm like, Oh, it doesn't work. And no, apparently I'd already done it. So I didn't need to do it again. But when I do this with clients, one of the things that pops up is that we all have a certain amount of exits in life. Okay, so think about life as a highway, right? And this highway has a certain amount of exits. So one person might have three exits, another person might have seven, another one might have 12, okay? Now, these exits, there are, are different kinds. Some of them are choices. So you can just like if you're 
driving on the highway and you're like, hey, anybody need to use the rest area? And everybody says no. Okay, the exit is there, but you don't have to get off. Okay. Now, sometimes your exit is going to be illness, injury, or accident related. Okay. So sometimes you can have um, uh, an exit that's an illness and you'll get sick and everybody will be concerned, but that, that um, you have a choice. So are you going to actually die or are you going to stick around? Now, sometimes people have an exit. It is their final exit. They are going no matter what. They could get a cold and die the next day. And people would be like, what's happening here? Um, because they had an exit. There was no more highway left. That's it. Now, one of the things that I found during COVID time is that there was a lot of people that had no more exits left on their highway and COVID was the last exit. There were a lot of people that had multiple exits still remaining, but when they got COVID, it was like their spirit said, yeah, no, I'm done. I'm not sticking around. Right. And usually they died pretty quickly. So yes, I do believe in, you know, physical germs, I guess, you know, but there were a lot of people that this was it no matter what. There was a lot of people that also got COVID and were like the, on the brink of death and they survived because that was not an exit for them. Okay. So why am I telling you this? And I know I'm going really long today, but this is really important stuff, you guys. The reason why I'm telling you that is because, first of all, you have decided how many exits you have in life. Your spirit went through the cosmic drive through and decided that already. You have choice. You have control over everything. You are not a victim of death. Let me say that again. You are not a victim of death. You have choice. You have choice in the moment. And, and honestly, the, the final exit for you on that highway has already been chosen. So even if you do make it through all of the different opportunities for you to die, when you finally get to the last one, it's going to be the last one, no matter what you do anyway. So this fear of dying keeps people from, from holding back. Um, it, it keeps people from taking risks, from, you know, doing things that they would really like to do or are being called to do because they're like, oh yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I, I might die. You might, but you have choice in that. So the question for today is, what if you live eternally and you just don't remember? What if you are in eternal spirit energy and you just don't remember? Again, you get to sit with this. You get to determine what does this mean to you? You get to say, Michelle's a nut. I'm not listening anymore. You get to say, well, there might be something in that. You get to say, oh my gosh, Michelle just spoke something and I know that that hits my spirit, right? You get to determine that. Change your perception, change your life. You get to choose what to do with this. Are you willing to entertain the idea that you could be an eternal spirit? So with that, I release you into the wild. Go forth and prosper. Have an amazing day. We'll catch you next time. All right. Bye-bye.